I'm back. Okay. <laughs> Merry Christmas once again. This is our last Advent sermon. There's an insert in your bulletin to follow along if you like. Uh, if you didn't get one, our ushers would be happy to give you one. Or if you'd like to borrow a Bible, you can borrow one of those. Our ushers are going around. Just lift your hand. We'd be happy to help you. They aren't taking food orders today, but they'll give you an insert. For the Advent season, we've been looking at the signs and symbols of Christmas that are embedded in our culture that I believe have biblical roots. Uh, One reason I'm doing this is to bridge the widening gap between our culture and Christianity, to provide opportunities to share the gospel. I was just talking to uh, my daughter last night uh, about uh, witnessing to pagans, uh, cultural, secular people about the gospel, and I, uh, <clears throat> we were just talking about that. I said, you know, I get inspiration from the Apostle Paul, who in Acts 17, in the middle of Athens, at the Areopagus, looks around, and he sees all these, these idols, these pagan statues, and what is he doing? He's looking for a connection, looking for a connection, and he spots, a, he spots one of these statues, ungodly pagan statue, and he says, I noticed on that statue, it's to an unknown God. Well, I'm here to, let me tell you who that is. And he goes on to share about the hope of the gospel. So the first sign we looked at uh, in this Advent season was the appearance of lights. Lights start popping up all over the place. Well, Messiah's coming was associated with lights. All over, And then we looked at the symbol of the Christmas tree and how it points to Jesus. He's from the stump of Jesse. He's called the branch. He died on a tree, and so on and so on. And last week we looked at the symbol of the Christmas star, which the wise men identified as his star. Today, look at the fourth sign and symbol of Christmas. There are many such connections. I chose these four. This fourth one... Uh, uh, my fa- probably my favorite, the symbol of joyous songs. Joyous songs. As Christians, we have a lot of songs that are about Jesus' birth. Joy to the world. Hark the herald, silent night. And one of the sheer signs of Christmas in our culture is hearing Christmas music, even though Jesus is no longer the theme. In fact, no other holiday in our culture, here in America, in the West, has such an emphasis on singing songs associated with it than Christmas does. As far as I know, we don't hear songs during Halloween. Joy to the pumpkin, the candy has come. Don't, I don't hear that. We wish you a merry trick-or-treat. We, not there. We don't have Labor Day songs. Hark the sound of people working. Not there. CEOs we've heard on high. Not there. But Christmas, filled with songs and music. Jingle bells and Rudolph and Santa Claus coming to town and White Christmas and on and on and on and on and on. It seems like everybody's singing. 
And most of the songs of Christmas in our culture are joyous and happy. Why? I believe the reason is because they're just distant echoes of the very first Christmas. Messiah's birth is directly linked to singing joyous songs. Songs of joy actually predate and anticipate the birth of Jesus the Messiah in the Old Testament prophecies. The prophets proclaim that when Messiah comes, rejoicing will actually replace our gloom. Isaiah 9 is one place. Uh, You shall multiply the nation, shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff of their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, as at the battle of Midian. For every boot, the booted warrior, and the battle tumult, the cloak rolled in blood for burning, fuel for fire. Why? Because a child will be born. Son will be given. And the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The birth of this child is the reason the gloom will be turned to gladness and rejoicing. Anticipated in the prophets. They anticipate the Messiah bringing salvation. The songs of joy are associated with that. Isaiah 12. Therefore you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. And in that day you'll say, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make it known his deeds among the peoples. Make them remember that his name is exalted. Praise the Lord in song. For he's done excellent things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry aloud and shout for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The prophets proclaim that the coming of Messiah will bring great joy, good news. Isaiah 60, rise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has shone upon you, for behold, Darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you. His glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light. Kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes round about and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar. Your daughters will be carried in your arms. Then you will see and be radiant, and your heart will thrill and rejoice. Because of the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. A multitude of camels will cover your list of this. And young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba will come. They'll bring gold and frankincense. And will bear good news of the praises of the Lord. Ironically, in fact, Messiah's coming will be accompanied by both joy and sadness. Joy at his birth sadness as the forces of evil respond to it. When Herod slaughters the little boys in Bethlehem, two years old and under, spoken of in Jeremiah, Matthew quotes it, Matthew 2, associated with the birth of Messiah, evil responds. Listen to Jeremiah 31. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare in the coastlands afar off, and say, He who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd keeps his flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob, redeemed him from the hand of him who was stronger than he, and they will come and shout for joy in the height of Zion. They will be radiant over the bounty of the Lord 
over the grain, the new wine and oil, over the young flock and the herd. Their life will be like a watered garden, and they will never languish again. Then the virgin will rejoice in the dance, the young men and the old together, for I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them and give them joy for their sorrow. I will fill the soul of the priest with abundance, and my people will be satisfied with my goodness, declares the Lord. Now, I wanted you to hear it in context in Jeremiah, because there's the joy. Then he says, verse 15, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation, bitter weeping, Rachel's weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children, because they are no more. Evil responds causing great sadness as well as great joy. Finally, toward the end of the Old Testament, we're encouraged in anticipation of Messiah's coming to sing for joy and be glad as we anticipate his coming to dwell among us. Listen to Zechariah 2.10. Sing for joy and be glad, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I am coming. I will dwell in your midst declares the Lord. Singing, you see, I'm telling you, it's all over the place. In anticipation of Messiah's birth, but you know this, it also accompanied Jesus' birth. In fact, most of the account we have of Jesus' birth is in song. Beginning with John the Baptist. He led the way when he's in the womb, leaped for joy, the son of Messiah in the Mary's womb. He's the bridge between the prophetic anticipation and the actual birth of Jesus. Luke 1, 44, For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, Elizabeth said, the baby, who is John the Baptist, leaped in my womb for joy. Then, of course, we have Mary. We're all familiar with this. Mary, Jesus' mother, sings a song of joy after she received the news that she would give birth to the Messiah. In Luke 1, Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regard for the humble state of his bondslave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And then John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, it's all songs. Breaks into a song of blessing to usher in the birth of the Messiah as well as his own son, the forerunner to Messiah. In Luke 1, Zechariah is filled with the Holy Spirit, prophesied, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he's come and redeemed his people. He's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said through his prophets, Long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our fathers and remember his holy covenant. And speaking of John the Baptist, and you, my child, will be called prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord, prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet the path of peace. Finally, on the night Jesus was born, got a whole company, myriads of angels, 
while they don't tell us that they're singing, I do believe they were, in their announcement of Jesus' birth to the shepherds, the angel said to them, these shepherds, don't be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy, good news of great joy, which will be for all the people today. In this town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in claws, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, and I believe they're singing, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And then he, he, one more, even after his birth, when he saw Jesus, the Messiah, Simeon in the temple, breaks into a song of salvation. Luke 2, 28. Simeon took him, Jesus in his arms, praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. Each one of those quotes I, I've given you is in the form of a song, po a poem put to music. Songs, joyful songs, anticipate his birth, preparing us for his birth, accompany his birth. At Christmas, you see, we sing songs of joy. And in what I hear in our secular celebrations and singing are echoes of that first Christmas. We must sing. <laughs> Incredible as it is, God has come to live among us. All those joyful songs in our culture, I, they all point to Jesus, whose birth gives us the greatest reason to sing. This month we've seen the echoes signs and symbols of Christmas represented in our culture. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the branch stumped from the line of Jesse to be king. He's the bright morning star. And you know, he really is the song of heaven. He is. Listen to Revelation 5, verse 9. Uh, company of elders, they sang a new song. See, when you're in Jesus' presence, you can't help but sing. You can't. Leap for joy. They sang a new song. What else is appropriate to do based on who he is, what he's done? I don't know. They sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the book to open it, break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. Jesus' birth gives us several reasons to sing and be glad. Think of it. God came to dwell among us. As Zechariah 2.10 prophesied, sing for joy. I'm coming to dwell in your midst. Jesus, the Son of God, became one of us, lived a sinless, righteous life. And then he took our place to receive God's own judgment for the sins we committed. He did all that so we could be saved from facing the eternal wrath and separation from God. 
Instead, we'll enjoy, we're given his righteousness and we'll enjoy the intimacy with God and the, of the universe forever. And the lyrics of the angel's song capture the profound wonder and extent that God would go to love us and save us. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace to men in whom his favor rests. That's the good news of the gospel. And my friends, that's something to keep singing about until he comes. And then we'll sing a new song. Singing not only accompanied Jesus' first coming, it will accompany his second coming. That's a lot of company and coming, isn't it? <laughs> Listen to me. When Jesus returns, it's going to be accompanied by singing. Here's the deal. The lyrics are going to change, but the joy is only going to be magnified. So let's get in practice, right? There, the, the song is actually written down ahead of time so we can practice. Revelation 19, 6 and 7, I heard something. This, by the way, if you know Jesus, you believe in him, this is probably going to be you, this great multitude. You're, you're in there somewhere. Then I heard something like a voice of a great multitude, like the sound of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder saying, Hallelujah, for our Lord, our God, our, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Wow. Well, I don't have anything more to say, Dennis. I think in a minute, let's just sing again because I don't know what else to do regarding the birth of Messiah. Sing for joy. Father, thank you today for your mercy, grace toward us. Would you help us, uh, would your spirit uh, just manifest the joy of this time in our lives that others might see and wonder? What is it that uh, is causing you such great joy? Help us to be ready to give an answer. But help us to now experience it as we remember, recall, the amazing miracle of that day where you came to be among us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.